Don't Give Up Your Day Job, a local musician's guide by me, Paul Gillings. An educational and sometimes humorous look at what it's like to be part of the local music scene. So DIY musicians like me get awfully frustrated by doing their own promotion. Doing promotion at all is a pain in my ass. Having to contact venues, having to contact um, you know, uh, places to get my poster up or to design my own posters. I'm lucky enough to be a graphic designer. But what if you're not? What if there was some promotional company out there that you could contact or were doing this? And why would they start one? Are they mad? But I'm really, because <laughs> it seems like a whole lot of hard work to me. But I'm very pleased to have that I've got a promotion company or a member of the promotion company, Culture Vulture Promotions with me to tell me all about that stuff and a lot more. Mr. Ben Hampton. Hello, Ben. Hello. Thanks for coming over, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm now, now you find the, found the venue or found where I was. It's a long old road, isn't it? It is, from the train station to here. It's so. <laughs> nearly 100 doors out. But I got to pop into KFC on the way, so it was all right. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was an added bonus. So yeah, Culture Vulture Promotions. Now, I first um, heard of you guys when I was tagged in a post. You were looking for acts to support Chris Helm of the Seahorses, mm -hmm. who is an absolute hero of mine and Nigel Clark from Dodgy also exceedingly talented 90s uh, singer songwriter and band member and uh, our mutual friend uh, Raul Crane tagged us tags me and my, my duo with Danny R and that and so uh, we snagged a gig with you guys and that's the first I'd heard of you and it looks and sort of searching for your social media it looked like a fairly new account so what is Culture Vulture Promotions. I know that's a big question, but how long have you been going for? What's this? What's the idea? Well, I got involved in February of this year, and mm. I don't think it was there had been no gigs before I got involved. Right. Um, basically, Ben. Basically, it's, it's me, Ben. It's, yeah. it's Ben Stone, ben Stone and yeah. and and, uh, and and Matt, who uh, surname I'm not quite sure about. Um, <laughs> I don't really know Matt. Matt is. I've, I've met him once because um, we did a charity gig in Kent, which is where he's based. So right, uh, he kind of deals with things at that end, and mm. and then me and Ben are kind of dealing with things in this area. Um, but Ben contacted me because he's he was starting up this new social enterprise with mm. the idea being that money would be raised through gigs and events. Mm. Um, and that money would then be kind of siphoned back into projects like masterclasses and stuff where um, kind of people who were musicians or DJs or whatever would come in and uh, work with kids who were maybe not necessarily engaging so much with education uh, or work. Um, he's got some other social enterprises where he works with school-age kids. This mm. one's kind of more aimed at slightly older kids. So you're um, quite socially conscious because you work with homeless people currently, don't you? Yeah, I work with homeless people mm. and... and Ben works in schools. He's mm. worked with homeless people in the past. He's, you know, he's been working in charities for for years. Mm. He's uh, usually quite uh, negative about councils. Um, <laughs> I work with good reason. I, I mean, yeah. you've, so you're based in a Great Yarmouth area, uh, Great Yarmouth, Lowestoft. You and you're from uh, Norwich. Well, I'm from so, Yarmouth. I just yeah. I, I live in Norwich at the mm. moment. Um, but it's mainly working in and around Yarmouth. And yeah. Well, like we've, that, got, so. we've got we've got. We've got gigs um, in Yarmouth. We've mm. got gigs in Norwich. We've got we've had one in uh, Kent and Chatham. We've got some lined up in mm. uh, uh, Camden. Right. So we're not kind of limiting ourselves for where the events are. Um, mm. When it comes to the actual projects, they're probably going to be 
uh, more kind of local based. So what's um, the difference between the projects and the gigs then? So gigs are, are obviously gigs featuring musicians, yeah. and I take it that's from just uh, sort of yourself and and uh, Mr Stone have a particular love of music and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, me, that me, is? Matt, and, and Ben are really into music. Um, and I and to be honest with you, when we when he told me he was doing this, I thought, well, you're mental. <laughs> well, yeah, any promotion company, know what promotion takes, I think you're mental as well. Yeah. But I'm so glad that you're doing it. <laughs> it's, it's more than anything, it was the, the time that we're choosing to do it in, the mm. um, kind of post-COVID, not really sure how any business is doing. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I think it, I got involved through the graphic design side of things. So I was, mm. I'm a kind of qualified graphic designer and he needed some posters doing uh, and then he started asking me about local bands and mm. if I knew any of them, and mm. I did. So I was like, well, I can contact some people about gigs. Um, and it kind of just went from there to the point where he said, actually, you're involved enough in this for you to be put <laughs> down as being one of the directors as oh, well. Oh, wow, OK. Um, so, so have you got a love and a history of the local music scene around, yeah, around yeah, this well, way then? Yes. Uh, when I was a teenager, I used to go, do you know Turnstone? Yes, yes, yeah, of so course. I used to go, yeah, John used... Peach is playing there the weekend. Not the Turnstone. Oh, not the Turnstone. What are we talking the about? The band Turnstone. Oh, yes. The, yes, uh, I, kind of the, I know them as well. <laughs> they kind of have become distant sun. They're kind of, a, kind of strange. Yeah, yeah they, play down, left and come back. they play near me quite a lot yeah. as well. They play um, down the road here at the thing. Yeah. So when they were Turnstone and Guy Nottage was their singer, I was friends with Guy and I used to go see them mm. all the time. I used to go to see um, Battle of the Bands in Yarmouth every week cool. when I was a teenager and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. So um, I moved away and, and kind of got out of it a bit and then I came back um, and it's interesting that some of the people who are still involved, like John Peach is still involved mm. and you know all those people are kind of still around doing different things so mm. John Peach must have had about 20 bands <laughs> um, there was a rumor when I was a teenager because um where the when the old Tesco's closed down mm. someone had spray painted Kenley's padlock on the boarded up shop right. and the, a rumour had gone round that it was me that did it I have no idea why is that a name of one of John's bands it was, yeah it was, one of, it was John's band at the time <laughs> I, it wasn't me it was a, it was a member of one of, of John's band <laughs> but for some reason it you know, Chinese whispers, it ended yeah. up being me that had done it. Well, um, I'm sad enough to say that I remember when they built that Tesco and then was disarmed when it turned into a, uh, a bingo palace yeah, for yeah. a while as well. I don't know what it is now, but an interesting place, the Yarmouth music scene. I was quite active around there because they had quite a blues scene as well in the um, uh, Lady Haven and stuff like yeah. that in the sort of, you know, late 80s and early 90s. So, yeah, big music fan and uh, mates with Ben. And uh, you know, sort of like let's let's do this. Why did you say yes? Is it just for you wanted to help, or was it just because you wanted to be involved in music? Well, essentially, it was the opportunity to get some free gigs to go to. That was because <laughs> yeah. the first one he yeah. planned was, um, uh, I think it was the one where the Gulps, who were managed by um, Alan McGee and Alan McGee doing the DJ set, mm, the Alan McGee, the Alan McGee. Yeah, the Alan McGee. So I was like, I, you know, if I if I, I didn't even have to design his poster, it was like, well. I'm going to get to meet Alan McGee for nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. Sadly for Ben, he didn't get to do it for nothing. That cost him quite a lot of money. So uh, how are you getting... I mean, there's some big names on there, and Alan McGee's big name. Does do you, does somebody have an in with those people? Like as, like I say, the gig that I um, uh, support, Chris Helm and, uh, and, Nigel, and Nigel Clark, does somebody have a connection with those? Or do you just think... Do you just make a list of who do we want involved here? Who do we love? I think let's, there's a... Let's get them. The, 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 if we ignore the gulps, because that was a bit of a... An error, I think, of judgment in mm. that thinking that um, 
Because obviously Alan McGee's a legend, but how much of a pull is he as an as an act himself? This is true. And and the gulps are brilliant, but they are kind of brand new and maybe mm. a bit too underground f- for what we were doing. Mm. Um, but other than that, I, I kind of feel like this, it's just a case of we we know what we like and what we'd like to see. Mm. So mm. we've kind of gone down that route. Ben's put on some gigs before, so he's um, when one of his previous charities he kind of did a few. Uh, kind of tribute band kind of gigs. Oh yeah. Um, but essentially, bands, especially bands like or acts like uh, Nigel and um, and Chris, who aren't necessarily touring as such and mm. touring an album. It's just a case of if you approach them or their management and say, "We'll pay the fee." Yeah, yeah. I know. see. Like you know, now I follow both of them, so I didn't even realise they were still active. Yeah. I noticed that Chris is is uh, sort of doing quite a lot of acoustic events yeah, at the moment yeah. now, yeah, and, and and they they work quite a lot together. Mm. Um, so with that side of things it is a case of you know book them and and, and they'll come Um, what we really want to do is try and make it more youth focused and uh, youth led right um, because it's not really about us getting to see our kind of and like you say, a not for profit as well. A not for profit as well. And so, and you know, Great Yarmouth. I mean, it's my hometown. Yeah. I was born there, lived there till I was fourteen, and I was part of a social um, uh, outreach project um, called Harp Start that aimed to teach teach harmonica to children or to keep them off the streets and stuff like that. And it was it was quite it was successful to a degree until the sort of you know early nineties hit, and the harmonica was probably the most unfashionable thing to be playing in the world. But it was about at one point there was about 40, 50 of us and stuff mm. like that. So yeah, and Yarmouth does need something for kids to do. It's 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 very dry of these sea and any of these seaside towns. Love them as I do, and still live in a seaside town. And Lowestoft has has a bit of a social problem as far as that goes, where there's nothing to do. Where there is just no three. If you're between the ages of, you know, up to the age of 12, 13, hmm. and things might be a bit different lately with pandemic, but there's this stuff to do around the house and around the home. And at 12, 13, so you suddenly hit this age whereby you don't, you don't want to be at home watching TV with mum and dad and going to bed at half past nine because it's boring, do you? <laughs> you know, and all right, we have video games and stuff like that. But say you say that kind of thing doesn't interest you, what is there f- for the youth? And I take it that's the stage you're trying to yeah, get to there, is yeah, it? So well, give them a fact that, look, there is more to life. Yeah. there really is and you yeah. can be involved in this if you want to be yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to say that it's not necessarily that it's not for profit sure. it's a social enterprise it's not a charity so we, we do make money mm. well <laughs> the aim is that the we will make money, money. <laughs> um, but it's kind of business for good so, sure so I mean I'm on a pod, you're on a podcast called Don't Give Up Your Day Job yeah. so well, we, we know that these things are tough to make money out of yes um, and uh, we can talk about me not giving up my day job in a bit I think that might be relevant but, sure. um, but um, yeah it, basically what we've noticed is that there are lots of really good things that happen in, in Yarmouth mm. for example mm. and in Lowestoft Yarmouth's got a lot of stuff to do with circus skills and the kind of out there festival stuff, yeah. and it's it's all great and it's all very well received by the public, mm. but it doesn't necessarily tap into those teenagers and young adults who are hanging around outside McDonald's, <laughs> and and it's right. it is about offering people something else that right. that so I know of of a uh, recent survey that's been done by someone that Ben knows. Um, and the thing that came up time and time again was music. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily kind of performing, but kind of there aren't any gigs here, and the gigs that are here are, you know, 
local bands playing in pubs, which people might not necessarily go to. Um, so what, what what's really good is if we do stuff like the Nigel and Chris stuff, is we can put them on mm. and then put on local bands of support so people see these bands that they might previously have ignored. Mm. Um, the the other thing is that we've now got a working relationship with the um, Access Creative College um, in Norwich, mm. used to be Access to Music, so we'll hopefully work a lot more with, with them, mm. being able to offer the kind of people that are doing the course gigs, offering them the opportunity. Well, ba- I'll, I'll just say this now, the thing about yeah, what I said, said about kind of giving up the day job, um, I've submitted an application form and paid a fee to get my own venue. Mm, awesome. So me and Ben will be running a venue. I'll be I'll, mm. I'll be the one giving up my day job. Wow. To uh, to run it if we get it. Yeah. So it, it is sort of in the works, but mm. there's nothing that we can guarantee at the moment. If we don't get it, mm. we'll probably carry on looking. Because I think a venue, like especially around here, we all. I mean, probably anybody that listens to this podcast on a regular basis. I'm not sure how many days. Probably tired of of uh, of of myself and other sort of you know older musicians, not so much the young guys, going on about a venue called the Brewery over in Alton Broad. Mm. Now that was a central hub. Where if you went to, you knew that there would be like-minded youths. You yeah. know, you know. And I've been. I went there from the age of about eighteen, nineteen, up until my mid twenties. You know, which yeah. I guess is that is the youth age range as well. Yeah. You go there any night of the week. You know, they're going to be like-minded people who like you know who are into music or into the same sort of things of you. And there will be a band on. There yeah. will be a band on, or there'll be a vinyl night, or there'll be a, or a DJ that playing a kind of stuff that you yeah. might maybe you won't like it. Maybe you'll have your mind broadened by listening to it. You know, but I think a centralised venue a place that we know we go there and there's going to be good stuff happening could be really awesome and that's and that what, has been really awesome you know and that, well, so that's what we want to do mm. we uh, um, part of what we're learning is and you know this where this comes from us being total novices really is that <laughs> there isn't really there, there is money to be made in promoting events mm. but you're getting a sliver of that really You're because mm. you have to pay the bands mm. you have to pay to rent you the band. You have to pay the bands. Now I think now I just want to stop you there because not everybody thinks that that is an important thing to do. No, and uh, but I'm, I'm really glad that yeah. you're leading it because you know, you know art is work, right? Exactly. You know? and, and and so there is there are obviously occasions like when you're paying established acts a lot of money mm. and the, the chance of you making a profit off the gig itself is probably quite slim. Sure. That's one thing, but to kind of say, oh, we've got our own venue now, come and play, and we're not going to give you any money is is ridiculous because mm. you're the whole point is you're putting those bands on in a hope that people will come to your venue. Mm. Um, so no, people do need to be paid. What what they, I think there is there's a lot to talk about in terms of that because I do think that sometimes there is an expectation of getting paid when you're. Mm. really new or you have absolutely, absolutely. no pull whatsoever oh, oh absolutely Danny and I don't have much of a local following so we don't expect to, we don't expect to get paid if we play anywhere else we ask for expenses yeah. you know really if you want you know we don't want to be out of pocket so we'll you know 50 60 quid petrol will do us lovely not if we're so here the bookings come we'll play but you know we might not fill a local venue or a local pub we might fill a, a music venue but a local pub wants to hear um, I guess they want to hear covers and stuff like yeah. that, and we don't do that, so we're not going to please that local audience in a way. So no, our expectations are low. However, you know, we build a local following, and there are bands that will absolutely ram places. Yeah, and so that's why venues hire them, right? Yeah, and I, and 
I do think that this is, that's the kind of attitude you need to change. Because if you go to Norwich, hmm. maybe not every day of the week, but if you go to, if you go to Voodoo Daddy's, for example, yeah, they'll have venue, they'll yeah. have original music on. Hmm. Um, but that's again that's becoming a hub, Voodoo Daddy's, for people that like music go there to see good music, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. not. And, and we've we've done gigs there, and we've done a gig in Poco Loco in Chatham, and we're basically trying to kind of take what they're doing, scale it down slightly because the town's poorer yep. and, and, and yep. th- there probably isn't necessarily well, it's quite literally less people in it <laughs> exactly so you kind of need to scale it down a bit but we, we kind of want to want to do that we want to do what they're doing mm. um, Norwich isn't so far away that the bands that kind of make up that scene can't come it's here it's travelable isn't it yeah definitely definitely I've spoken to people that uh, haven't, have never played Lowestoft right um, so it will give them an opportunity to and, and you know I think it's good and Lowestoft's clearly on the up. There's clearly mm. things happening. So the um, East Point Pavilion, or whatever it's called. Near. Yeah, there's the Grit Arts Centre as well. Yeah, the Grit. Boys yeah, down yeah, in the old town there hall and... as well. I've not had a look yet. How's, was, it, how's it going down there? I, I don't know that they've actually had their first proper music event yet, mm. but they have opened and they've done like... Because um, it's a kind of multi-use facility. Mm. Um, and I know they've got a festival on, mm. uh, which is... Kind of a guitar-based festival. And I've said, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen that. Like said, but I didn't see a date on it. it said coming soon. And yeah. I saw it by accident. Yeah. I thought, well, if there's a guitar festival in my own town, I want to know about it. So exactly. I don't know if they need to up there. Because what I have to say is that you boys are very present. Like there's yeah. no real avoiding the fact that you've got a gig on, which is great. Because what you want from a promotional company, and you have to be in people's faces. Oh, I think yeah. these days with social media, you've got to. You've yeah. got. You've got to basically. But they can't. You can't do all of the social medias, <laughs> and you've got to. But social media only gets you so far, and and I will That's say that's interesting. So how do you do the rest of your promotion? Unsuccessfully. Uh, no, um, we. You need. I think you still need to do with the, a sense of humour. But oh yeah, you, it. Can't, you can't. You can't worry too much about it, or you'd never. You'd just never do it. You'd have given up after the first event. And I think with any sort of new venture, you're going to have difficult times in the beginning. I think people worry that they of getting involved with something that might fail. And I think just like this podcast, and just like your your, your culture vulture there, you've got you've just got to take a chance. You've just yeah. got to get stuck in and do it with all your heart. You can't half ass it, and you and you're clearly not with the amount of promotion yeah. that you're doing there. Well, I kind of feel a little bit like you know not to get too deep, but mm. I, I kind of feel like with my mum passing away, mm. kind of a couple of years ago, and me getting older, mm. and just sort of thinking. What have I achieved? I can, I can. Oh, wow! See I can, now, I think this is interesting, you know. And sorry to interrupt, but no. I, I, I want you to carry on. But I, I, this is something, this personal journey I've been on for myself with midlife. I call it. I've learned to call it my midlife slump. Yeah. Whereby, when I was a youngster, I was quite successful musically, and then I got married and had, ch- had children, which was still really nice and really great. But then I, you know, I didn't make it in my uh, graphic design career, and I kind of, get the, you know, I got, and um, then I got divorced, and then all of a sudden I lost my house, and it's kind of like, oh my god, is this is this it now? Is this all there is? I was like 35, 36 years old, and then you know, up to the age of forty, was like. What am I doing? Yeah, I'm kind of drifting and going. I've, I had it all, and now I've got back all. But now I feel like my life is just turning up there at the bottom bit, and, yeah. and things are and things are you know starting to go well. In the fact that 
you haven't, you know, I don't know, become the president of the known universe yeah. or any of those high expectations and standards we have on himself. It's no big deal because well, think, you're a I success think, within yourself, aren't you? you know? Yeah. So like what, what I said about me and Ben and, and Matt being really into our music, we're, mm. we are, but we're completely talentless in terms of, you know, we would have all loved to have been in bands. I'm sure. That made me laugh. You sent me a message. You said probably the two because uh, Mr. Stone was supposed to jo um, join us today about car trouble, what we've standed, bless him, yeah. unlucky Alf. Um, uh, said the two least talented people you've had on your show but I think promotion is a talent within itself I yeah. mean, none of us guys are musicians can bloody do it we're too busy trying to learn and play our instruments yeah. and and, songs. but at the moment we're learning to promote we've had okay. I think we, you could say that we've you know I think we've created a bit of a buzz locally mm. we, we haven't like made loads of money mm. um, but I don't think we expected to like things like Getting Alan McGee and getting the kind of guys from Seahorses and Dodgy mm. is more of a statement than anything else. Mm. It's more of a, you know, take notice of us. Like you It could, did make a lot of people take notice. I mean, yeah, apart, you know, there are obviously elements. You know, when I went to work and I said I was supporting Chris Helm from the Seahorses, they're like, who? <laughs> but they can kiss my ass because he's my hero and they yeah. were great. But those that matter were like, mm, we are well impressed. There's yeah. big names. And, and yeah, and, and I think they're. Seahorses and probably more so Dodgy are the kind of band where even if you don't think you know songs by them, you probably yes. know. As the minute I sang the first line, the, the, you know, the first thing people would say is, "Okay, stop." The second, yeah. the second thing they would say is, "Oh, I know who you yeah. mean." You know, yeah. I think well, the, the thing with those two is between them, they had eight top twenty singles back yeah. when having top twenty singles was, a, yeah. you know, a big deal. I tell you what was interesting about that gig for me most of all, apart from meeting your hero and I got all starstruck and asked him mm. to sign my CD. And uh, everything, because um, I, I had I took over my Seahorses CDs yeah. from 25 years ago. I don't know if he was impressed or, or oh. perhaps what I was just weird. But and what I what you don't get when you see bands of that era is, and you know, you, I don't know if we take it for granted or anything. I thought about too much, but the musicianship of, of Nigel Clark mm. from Dodgy and those the songs they wrote, and you know, the Seahorses. Obviously, you know, John Squire, huge, huge, huge talent. But I never gave any credence to Chris as a musician and mm. a songwriter and Nigel as a musician Nigel was all over that guitar yeah. he was doing things that I would never be able to do you know and the same with Chris there just incredible chord structures they were throwing together and embellishments in the middle yeah. of it as well you could hear the whole song the whole arrangement in there and that for me was you know absolute top of the night yeah. seeing these guys strip down acoustic and being fabulous at their craft oh yeah, yeah. and I don't think you stick around for 25 30 years if you're no good oh, yeah. um, but um <laughs> there, but is, there is that you know <laughs> the, the thing that i find really interesting about nigel is i his solo album i think is up there with everything else that he's done probably mm. better yes or, or at least yes. more my taste uh -huh. but then you look at, at things like spotify and you mm. see that dodgy get quarter of a million listens every month right. so they've got quarter of a million people listen to them every month yeah and his solo work has about 40 yeah, yeah. and you want you like i can't like if someone from a band that I like, mm. so if if Rob Dickinson from um, uh, from Catherine Wheel decided mm, that he Catherine was, Wheel. I'm so glad someone had finally bought them up. Oh my god! <laughs> I've only been doing a podcast about the local music scene. Oh, yeah. It's the first time someone's bought up Catherine Wheel. What a band! Oh yeah, me the, the um, I mentioned to you before we started that I'd been on a radio show recently, um, mm. and it was a radio show that's hosted by a local councillor in Great Yarmouth. Mm. And and I have been nagging him to get a blue plaque for Catherine Wheel yes. because we don't celebrate the local music scene enough. Um, well, who was the um, who was uh, was it Neil the drummer 
and uh, he lived in he lived in Lowestock. So mm. I think Rob did eventually as well. Yeah. But um, uh, Neil was um, involved over in, with um, Paul Johnson and Summerlayton and that scene and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, um, Neil was just a super nice guy. He had a lock up over Yarmouth. He was very generous with yeah. and let one other bands practice and use his gear and stuff like that. And some of the stories that you know the bands that they supported and stuff like yeah. that, and bands that they were the forerunner to as well. I mean, they, they he remembers like um, a young Supergrass yeah. and a young Ocean Colour scene and stuff like that. And they asked. I mean, I think that he was telling me a story about how the guy from Supergrass like asked if he could borrow his drums because basically going see was just a literally pots and pans yeah. kind of crap yeah. so yeah they were legends way before you know way before the darkness or anybody like yeah. like that from around this way exactly so um, thanks for mentioning them man that was <laughs> awesome this <laughs> is great but um if if rob was to decide that he was going to come out of retirement and stop tinkering with cars and, and release <laughs> is that a, what he's up to yeah, yeah. Oh. and release a new album I'd, I'd I'd know about it and mm. I'd and I'd listen to it um, mm. and then if it was good I'd listen to it over and over but I, mm. so I don't really understand why there hasn't been this crossover from people who like dodgy enough to listen mm. to dodgy mm. to listen to listen to Nigel. Do you think it's genuine dodgy fans that are giving those numbers up? I mean, it, and, I think and there also, must be more than forty dodgy fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean the people that are listening to the dodgy songs. Do you genuinely think that those are dodgy fans, or do you think people that are just listening to good enough because they heard? Oh it yeah, there'll, there'll be people. Who, there'll be a lot of people who are listening to like whatever the In most recent. Yeah, yeah, over and over, and that's there'll be like a Brit pop playlist. Do you know what my favourite track that he played that night at the St George's Theatre? My favourite track was the Tom Waits cover he played. Mm. It was absolutely stunning. Weren't even one of his own numbers, but he was all over that fretboard. His voice was incredible, and he just—you just tell that he loves music. It's again that thing of repertoire. He'd obviously collected over the years so many yeah. songs that he loved playing, and just shared something that he loved with us. And I thought that was that was that was real. It was very intimate. I mean, the other thing was um, I was quite amazed by the St George's Theatre in Great Yarmouth because the last time I played there. Um, so um, so the gig was early March, wasn't it? When did we, when did we come and play for you? And um, the last time I was in there, I played in there was 1996, I think, mm. and it was quite quite derelict. Yeah, it was quite derelict. The ceiling was kind of black, and there was lots of RSJs and stuff like that around, and you know, it's a, it's supports a, and stuff. You know, it's a brilliant venue, and, and Chris mm. was very impressed and, and was keen to. Oh, it's beautiful return. now. All the wood has been re- uh, rebuilt and restored and stuff like that. It's yeah. a gorgeous venue. So I'm looking forward. You got many other planned in there? Um, I don't know that we do actually. So um, this is because, just heading towards because, your own venue at the moment. Well, then. well, what it is is that it's not necessarily cheap. Mm. And if we were to get everyone who was at the Nigel and Chris gig, mm. and we were to put Nigel and Chris into our venue, which Basically, are you allowed to tell us what ven- what the venue is? No worries if not. But um, I'm I'm just so excited that there's going to be a main venue. That's all. If you I don't, don't want to tell us, and you I want don't to keep know it that I, secret I, times. I, that's fine. I, I understand. Well, I, tell I, me after. I, <laughs> I, I won't say, but only through some desire to not jinx it. I don't want to say sure, we've got. Fair you know, enough, I don't want to get people's enough. hopes up. But Has it been a music venue before, or is this it's a, a new thing? It's for a pub, basically. Okay, but it will be run slightly differently, and it's a pub that I think is actually. The shape of it and stuff is really good for that. Cool. Sort of thing. Well, there were some lovely old Art Deco pubs around Yarmouth and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, those old Lakens pubs and stuff like yeah. that. Are beautiful. So it's one of those. <gasps> fingers crossed. That well, the, the, ven- the venue's <laughs> in the venue's in Lower Stoff. Oh wow! Even better. Yes. <laughs> um, Just down the road for me. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd love to come and do a live podcast from there. No. What an opening time! Yes, that would be definitely, dream. definitely. Fantastic. We want we want to be open to all those kinds of things. But mm. but if we were to take all the people that were because we could probably have fit everyone. That 
actually came to St George's mm-hmm. into that pub, right, and it would be full. Yeah. <laughs> rather than Looking you have enough hundred yeah. people in a four hundred person uh, venue, like, yeah. it's all better than what I thought it was going to. To mm-hmm. be honest, because we had it originally, we were going to have it as a kind of cabaret scene with tables. Right. Yeah, yeah. But we sold enough tickets for them to say, "Well, we can't do that. There's, there's not, not we, there's we need too many for that, but yeah. not enough for this." Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you could look at it and say, "Oh, that was a shame that not so many people came out." But those who were there, you know, were absolutely mesmerised. Exactly. And, and what we need to do is know. make sure that those people come back. So, mm. you know, it's not, it's not, it's not easy, um, no. and it's difficult. But it was also a first venture for you boys, wasn't it? You know. Yeah. So it was, it was our second time there, and it was, um, you know, it's it's it is tricky, and you. I think what we what we've learned is that that isn't necessarily going to be the best way for making us money. Mm. And the other good thing about having a venue is that we can also use that like in the daytime for the projects that we're going to run. So if right. we're going to have a masterclass yeah. and have someone come in, we've been talking to some big names that mm. I didn't think we'd have any chance of working with. To be well, honest, we've created a great buzz, so I'm yeah. not surprised. You know? <laughs> um, so again, like those people need to be paid but these are the mm. sorts of things that we can um you know put bids in for because mm. they're for the community they're not you really... get arts council grants for that kind of thing we don't, we haven't, we, we, we don't go to the arts council because um we we do put bids in for, mm. for money arts council's just a little bit monopolized by other organizations right okay um I've not, you know, there's no criticism towards anyone. There's lots of um, good things going on that's being done by those organisations. But um, so, for example, in 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 Yarmouth, I know that there's going to be a, a music venue opened. The, the mm. plan is for the Ice House mm. in Yarmouth to become like a two thousand person wow. music venue. Jesus. Um, so there are people doing things, mm. but if 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 the Arts Council have already funded that, that or funded them. They're, they're going to go, well, we don't want, yeah. Yeah, so, we don't need two venues and blah, 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 blah. Exactly. So, yeah, so you've got to find other ways of doing it. Well, mate, if there's anything that, you know, uh, the local community around here can do, just put a show on your socials and we'll come and do or you know. Yeah, we well, that's what we're going we're to need to rely on people. But the, mm. the, the, what we're, the plan is for it to be um, youth-led, like I said, mm. and we're going to have people from, like, the... the um, creative college in Norwich come in so instead of hiring a sound man for example mm. we will give them like on the job experience so they can Correct. send different people to us and they wow. can they can do the kind of sound engineering stuff and mm. you know there's plenty of very talented musicians there and then a lot of the Norwich music scene are people who went there previously mm. like um, like Millie Manders used mm-hmm. to teach there I think she might still teach there you know <laughs> possibly um, and, and and like uh, I think the Renadines went there. Um, oh, fantastic band! We were on for, yeah. uh, an event with them that um, our friend H ran at the Ocean Rooms just before Christmas, and they they were they were insanely good bands. The the other thing that we're doing because you know opening a venue and and, and running events wasn't enough, so <laughs> we've also uh, decided we're going to do a record label. As well, well, I wanted to ask you about that Culture Vulture Records. Yes. Okay, because there's there was another little record label open up in uh, in Yarmouth as well that I may or may not be signed to. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, what what's 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 that all about? Tell me all about that. I get that that was going to be uh, a more of a long term thing, mm. and then we sort of discovered someone, and we thought we want to we want to work with them, and we don't want to miss out. Right. Um, so we've got one person signed. 
Mm. Um, so how does your, I mean, because knowing what I know about record companies and how they used to work mm -hmm. and how they had a majority of them work now as far yeah. as just being a promotional company and a radio promotional company and not necessarily being the guys that, you know, okay, for example, in a nutshell, old record company would say, here's an advance, here's a development deal, we'll pay for your album, you owe us, back, us that back out of the things. That's old school, new school is you pay us, we'll promote it or we'll do it for an exchange of your profits or stream re or revenues. So how how are you going to work for the artist then? What is it, well, what's what, the deal? What does a record deal with Culture Vulture look like? I th So, it's going to look very different from artist to artist. Mm. So, for example, the artists that we've signed, mm. Arthur Black, mm. they... Um, are a young person who we think are incredibly talented mm. and we would like to kind of work with them ongoing okay. up until someone bigger than us wants to take them in which case we'd be like okay good okay so, so it's not a binding deal it's not like you know no, three we, we, years ten albums or whatever it is well, or well we'd, like prob that. we'd probably say like okay we'll sign you to like a three album deal and, mm. but if someone comes along we're not going to be I'm going to stand in your way and no, say no, my but, barrister says you've got to stay exactly and um <laughs> What we're trying to do as well is kind of manage the acts mm. as well as... But that depends. So this is mm. a 17-year-old person who's never done a uh, gig before. Right. Um, so we've got their, them some gigs lined up. Mm. I've, they've, they've gone to um, uh, the Edinburgh uh, Fringe Festival and right. musked yeah. on the streets. So it's Fantastic. not like they're too shy to no it's to not a green or want to travel so do you do radio promotion and stuff like that for them well 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 at this point they haven't actually released their album yet mm. so they haven't recorded their album they're writing it they're in america at the moment mm. um, visiting sort of uh, their partner's family mm. um and everything is going to kind of sort of kick off when they return mm. um we've looked at signing a couple of other bands mm. one of them being the renadines mm. um so that is something that we need to get those three boys around a table and actually yeah. talk to them. So it's an individual catered to the to catered to, yeah, the, to, catered yeah. to the band. And so if they if they're not good at getting gigs, maybe you're getting gigs. If they're not good at you know, but we'll do also do like that. We'll also distribution do and stuff like well, that. Yeah, so we'll, things we'll, like we'll, getting their stuff on Spotify and, and yeah. on the on, on the. So that's what we'll do, and we'll and, yeah. and like and like you say, like the old fashioned way of mm. giving them an advance and and mm. all that. Maybe no, maybe that's not. Gone. We know that's yeah. gone. You know, we're not in a financial position to give them an advance, but we probably are in a financial position to get them into a studio record mm. the album get it mastered and then sure. and then once they've and you have a graphic designer in your mips in the shape of you exactly so you know the artwork stuff, and stuff like that yeah. exactly so great, great. we've got some pretty big things lined up for arthur um mm. some of which we're not allowed to talk about sure um but I'm just glad you shared that at all. Yeah. But it's inter it's interesting to me how record companies and how record things have changed and how a small independent label, you know, which is what you would be, is sort of on the rise again. Do just trying to help an artist on the ground roots on a grassroots level. Yeah, that's 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 you know? the reason why we kind of decided to kind of start earlier than what we've originally thought and go with Arthur was that Arthur, my friend does a vinyl night at mm. the Triangle. Yeah. So me and Ben were kind of having a meeting at the Triangle and, and my friend was doing his vinyl Meeting night. slash beer piss out there. Well, he doesn't really <laughs> me drink. And have, me I... and Danny have a meeting and <laughs> it's basically, it can be a four pints of Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this woman approached Adrian who was doing the vinyl night mm. and, and basically said, my kid's a musician, could you get her a gig? 
Yeah. And he's like, to speak to those two guys. Mm. So they come over and we're like, okay, who's, who's you know, can you get our kid a gig? Well, I don't know, because I don't know your kids. So yeah, it might be awful. Exactly. Yeah, so I was like, Place Peruvian nose flute and he's yeah. only got one nostril. Exactly. Yeah. So we're like, okay, yeah, what's, what's, what's your kid's name? They said, Arthur Black. I was like, okay, we'll look them up on, we look them up on a YouTube. So they're yeah. quite popular on YouTube. Mm. Um, so currently they stand at, um, just over 10 million streams on, on YouTube. One. 158,000 subscribers, I think. Good God. One of their songs on Spotify just last night um, mm. went over um, 10,000 listens. This is half a black. Yeah, 100,000 listens. Good so. God. Yeah, so... Um, so, well, so we, we like saw that and we thought, well... You're actually, taking a running horse already, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, if we were just going to be taking someone who had, like... Um, a very very local small mm. following then it would be different but Arthur Black has literally zero local following mm. no one around here seems to know who they are well um, this is literally the first I've heard of them yeah. but mm. they're also relatively famous I would say yeah, they've, they've, yeah, got, they've yeah. got like an element of well that's, isn't that the madness of, of how you know the digital age and you know how uh, you know how streaming network works these mm. days you can be famous everywhere yeah. by your hometown by your hometown exactly <laughs> it's crazy um but that isn't necessarily making them a lot of money. No. So it's it is what it is. They want to get out doing gigs, so mm. they obviously need someone to facilitate that. So we yeah, can do I that. Think, for I guess them. if you can create the buzz and create the local following, because it's something else we're told. If you can mm. do that around there, and obviously you guys are creating a noise, and if they can be on that noise, then yeah. they'll get a local following, and that expands out and out and out. Is exactly. the idea, and it's mutually beneficial because, um, well, obviously, if you're a record label, you will take some money from sale of records so there's mm. that side of it but also this is a young person who obviously knows how to use social media mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we're we're you know not ancient but obviously <laughs> at the moment although we've got like an okay following at the moment on social mm. media if you, if you actually t split the people who are just people in bands who want gigs <laughs> from the people who are you know yeah, paying customers. I have to say, the amount of times I go to you know go to a gig or charity days or any of these all dayers, and the audience is made up of the people in the other bands. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> you know, and that's fun and all, and that's yeah. lovely. But none of those are you know sort of you know um, fee paying public. They're not buying merch. They're not sort of exactly. you know subscribers. They're not becoming the fans, are they? Mm, exactly. Yeah. And those kind of all dayers are great. Like we know that we've done. We've done two all dayers and then like a kind of evening thing at the Brickmakers, mm. and um, all to raise money for the kind of Ukraine situation. Yeah, how uh, was that Ukrainian gig? Well, they've all gone really well. They've, yeah. they've been our best gigs, but then and some hell of artists step up for it. Danny and I were busy; we'd have loved to have done it, but he had some hell of it. Same like we moved out of the way for a whole bunch yeah. of really awesome acts who probably better pull than we did. So yeah, I'm glad it went well. Yeah, they've all gone well. The, the um, we did one in Kent, which was the most recent one, which was interesting. It was very different to the other ones because the one in Kent, mm. it seemed to be that there was never very many people in there, but we made more money than we did oh, really? the other ones because people seemed to come in to see the one band mm -hmm. and then clear off. Oh, wow. So there was a, it was like a, 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 a cycle of, <laughs> yeah, of, of yeah, new we people. Yeah, we admire their loyalty to yeah. their mates. <laughs> the only, the only, and and, and you, li you live and learn with these things. So mm. Matt had booked some bands that were from London so the, their fans or whatever they're, they're probably people who've come from London as well and then right, so they made off. a little, tro yeah. little uh, trek there out to yeah. see them yeah, yeah. and then the last band we had on were one that were from London mm. um, and you know they were on last and there was no one left in the 
there was just me and Ben basically. <laughs> okay. um, but you know, they were you know it, it is what it is, and yeah, and, yeah. and ultimately it was it's a it's a charity thing, mm. and so you don't have the overheads of having to pay the bands, right? Um, and places like the Brickmakers are ridiculously cheap to hire. Are um, they? I mean, how do you get on with the guys at the Brickmakers? It all work okay with them? I mean, I don't know much about that venue. It seemed to be sort of. Um, I know Charlie and that ran it for a long while, mm. but I don't know what's sort of going on with it now. Well, it's at the moment up until the end of this year, it's run by um, a certain group of people, mm. um, and then that they've decided not to continue the lease. But okay. in terms of what they charged, mm. so to hire B two, mm. which can hold. I think 200 people. Mm, it's a nice little venue, yeah. It's, if, as long as you don't want the uh, sound engineer to get there early, so mm. from 7 till close, you can have yeah. it for 30 quid. Wow. <laughs> and you can put on your own event there, you whatever, can, you like. yeah, whatever you like. Fantastic. Yeah. We, we, when we did it, we paid we paid 40 quid because uh, we wanted it to be ready mm. for 7, yeah, rather yeah. than, you know, everyone's... Couldn't get Mr Howie Marsh to turn up early then. <laughs> uh, no, well, uh, Howie was in the other room doing another gig, and, and we had, um, I think I think it was a, a, a girl from from access i think a lot of venues are, are, are using access yeah students, yeah i think great. i know i think i know the young lady you mean yeah. actually she goes out as peachy sounds oh she is that her yeah she know. did um she did uh, stuff for the bowling house oh, yeah, excellent yeah. upcoming yeah. sound engineer yeah. superb attention to detail she sent us some live mixes of what she'd done as well yeah, yeah. so they're all super talented people you yeah know, which is what you need behind the desk and in front of the microphone don't yeah. it? you need yeah. a whole team there don't yeah. you yeah and how you does the sound there has been well, he must be doing that since before I was alive, I dare say. But um, <laughs> yeah. bless him, <laughs> he's a good old boy. So yeah, well, that's good. So you got lots of other venues and bits and pieces going on. Uh, would you encourage? I mean, anybody listening to this podcast and bands thinking, oh, I need gigs, I need them guys to help me. Are you con- being contacted by bands? Is that or, or would you yeah. rather, Lu- like, you know, rather that you contacted them? What would you? What would well, you? Well, luckily, Ben deals with the Instagram page, which mm. seems to be where we get most. Bombarded by people. Is a um, <laughs> so with, with the, as soon as someone gets a whiff of a gig, all the yeah. guys like, "Yes, a gig, please!" <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, yeah. I, I, I kind of look after me and Matt look after the Facebook page because mm. Ben quite sensibly took himself off Facebook years ago and mm-hmm. and, and has a better quality. It's not, of always, life. it's not always a fun platform. I no. find I find Facebook. I remember my teenage son looking at because he'd always done Instagram and and even some Snapchat and stuff like that. And you know, I hadn't done much Insta. But you know, he went on. He went on Facebook. And he said, "Not a safe place, is it, Facebook?" And I guess you know, I, I'd been on Facebook since two thousand and seven, since you know yeah. the start of it and stuff like that. And I got so used to it, you know, it's, yeah. it's like one down from Twitter, from just being quite an evil place sometimes. Yeah, it can be really positive. I think if you close your circle down. Yeah, well, I you know. try and make mine as much of an echo chamber as possible because I know that, I know people think that that's a, not the best way to live. But sure. I think actually, <laughs> I'm doing this in my spare time. I don't yeah. want to be bombarded with politics that I don't agree with or. Absolutely, uh, racists or or, or no. anything, or, or or like you can't even go on like a you know oh the history of Great Yarmouth because someone will say a, <laughs> oh no it what, didn't why why yeah. is Laughing Image Corner called Laughing Image Corner and then you just get people with different well you know that things. happens to me with the harmonica forums you know I've been playing harmonica a fair while and there are th- and there are things I know to be you know true from my own experience yeah. know that you know are I want to say true but are the way that it gets played or the way that that happens and I'll see a, a different opinion and I'll go and I'll message someone and about 10 people say no it isn't and tell me 10 different ways why it isn't it's like 
okay, it's great that this is a great forum mm. to exchange ideas, but it just seems to be a lot of cancelling going on, yeah, to be yeah. fair, isn't it? You what know? I tend to do on Facebook, if I disagree with someone, is I write out what I want to say to them, mm. and then I delete it, and then don't say anything. <laughs> do you know what I do? I scroll past. No, yeah, I just scroll by. So you've got the right idea, mate. Get out there and scroll past. Because <laughs> it's not great for your mental health more than anything else, not is it? At all. Especially when you're trying to do something as positive as you guys are. I mean, I literally go on there to share my music now, mm. which I like to think is a positive thing, because yeah. you know, I like to think that my music's okay, and it, <laughs> and it brings me a lot of joy, and hopefully it will somebody else. So I literally go on there, and there's lots of friends, but maybe my cousins and stuff like that, going, mm. "Oh, I want to, you know, so I can see pictures of his." See how his kids are doing because they generally love my family, and all I get is this bloody music. Well, you know, I, I use it for music now. That's what. Yeah, I find the Instagram quite good for like a lifestyle kind of thing, sort of you know showing people the harmonica lifestyle and yeah. music, and you know playing down and uh, playing down with you guys and stuff like that, which is is again positive and a nice side of life. And you can call it social veneering. You can call it you know, hey man, I'm having my best life and being all show off. But I, but I, I don't. I, don't, think, I, don't, I, don't I never really so. understood that because. If, if you sat down with your, your granny and went through her photo album, she's not going to be saying, here are all the depressing things you did. It will just be all the good things. That's when you take pictures of stuff. That's the best. That's the best declaration I've ever heard, man. That's spot on. Absolutely spot yeah. on. Brilliant. No, seriously, I'm laughing. It's so true. That is yeah. exactly right. Exactly right. Why would you Why would you share your misery? Exactly. Share your joy. And let's right, face it, when people you. do share the misery on Facebook or Twitter, mm. people think, oh, will you shut up? <laughs> you know, we've all got our problems. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, uh, Arthur Black being your first sign, I'm quite excited by the Culture Vulture Records thing. You, you, guys are you guys are really going for it. So, what else is in the pipeline for you guys? Obviously, you know, because... <laughs> owning a venue, starting a record company, promoting everybody. Um, um tell me about the 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 Jube uh, venue that you're yes. quite involved with because um yeah. we're trying we're trying to get um trying to get us a, a, a slot in there as well with myself and Danny. So is, that's in Market Gates. Yeah, yeah, kind of kind of on the roof, I suppose. Oh, really? Um, it used to be a conservative club, so ah. I've never I've never never been in it, but always mm. knew it was there. Um, so the entrance sort of underneath around the sides you've got, near the toilets yeah so you've got yeah. a couple of entrances so one of them's via a lift um, inside Market Gates mm. um, so do you know where New Look is in Market Gates it's getting very specific oh, I, haven't been, I haven't been in Market Gates for a long while but obviously being from anyway, there I spent a lot of time in there yeah, in yeah. terms of like how interesting that will be for people to listen to <laughs> not very there's a couple of entrances I'll tell you about it later um, but it's massive yeah. it's um it's got like a bar area. It's then got a massive snooker hall. Mm. It's got um, a very big kind of um, gig venue. Mm -hmm. um, the terrace looked lovely. And then there's the got the terrace. In the, in the pictures you've been sharing about yeah. on socials, it look, so, looks really nice. So the, what we're doing with them at the moment is, is basically um, Bradley runs it wants just a bit of, I don't know, probably more not local knowledge than anything else because he's got mm. some stuff going on there that's, doing really well so he's married i believe or, or his partner is lithuanian mm. so they've had some lithuanian acts mm. that have pulled in a big crowd because i suppose if you're lithuanian you live yeah, in yarmouth right, you haven't yeah. got a lot to do um in terms of that is specifically aimed at you i want to see them i didn't know about them yeah. i want to see that that's so, great so they're, they're doing those things but i don't necessarily know that bradley's got a lot of knowledge of local music oh right. so, so did he get all of you guys and say Can i think you i think some acts? i th 
I think Ben probably spoke to him initially when we were because Ben, for a man that doesn't drink, he spends an awful lot of time in pubs chatting up venue owners. Yes, <laughs> I, I think he's. Um, I think. Um, I think Ben's brother is friends with this uh, with the owner, mm. um, but we wanted a venue. We wanted multiple venues for a festival. Yeah, yeah, and the Jube is one that we've kind of contacted. So I think Ben kind of got talking to him via that sort of route, mm. um, and we're like, yeah, well, we can we can. We can help you, you know. We, we're. I think is what's different about me, and, and I assume Ben as well, is just that I don't really see music as a uh, competition. I don't. Mm. I, I think that if you create a scene, mm. many places can thrive. So there's no yeah, reason. Yeah, like, and I think that that sort of that egotistical that kind of band certain in each other's throats has has either got to end if it happened yeah. or not surface up because you know the guys I've had on this show and this is another reason why I do this podcast is to get everybody on our scene you know Great Yarmouth the last after and you know we'll reach out to Norwich we'll let them be in our club yeah. a little bit maybe <laughs> 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 and um, <laughs> love to have them renegades on but um, you know just to get each other talking and we can help each other out because when I was a young man on the music scene you know there was there was always you know guys more experienced people um, giving you advice yeah. where to get a gig. Oh, you know, I know you. Have you seen? You know, there'll be an old boy in the in the Lady Avon. You want to try getting a gig in so and so, mate? I'll put in a word for you. Why can't we help each other out? Exactly. It's not stealing people's gigs. It's not like a finite number of gigs going about that only that particular band can do, is there? You yeah. Know? So you guys are putting stuff on like is it every Sunday from now on? So or that, when they start. Uh, so we have, we've had a first one, which mm. was um, um, Distant Sun. Yeah. Which oh, Rafe Garforth, yeah, excellent, yeah, excellent music. Very, very last minute sort of mm. uh, arrangement. Yeah. Um, we've got currently we've got a gap um, for the fifth of June. Yeah, Danny and I can't. We've we're booked for two gigs already that day. I think that day because it's um, part of the weekend. Jubilee, yeah, it's yeah, going to be very difficult. Yeah, be but tough. after that, we've got um, we've got Isaac Lister. Mm -hmm. We've got Chupello Line. Yes, he's Graham Phillips is coming on the show yeah. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Interesting guy. You should speak to him about Twitch streaming. Yes, and yeah, I I will definitely yeah. um, definitely. He's, he seems to be experienced on that. Yes, one. Mm -hmm. um, I tuned into him last night. I think. He was, yeah, yeah. He's got another one tonight. I think. He's oh, sort of well, doing, doing it right every day. I think he said to me he's going to come around and have a chat on a Tuesday on a Monday on a Monday night. He says yeah. I need to be done by eight. I think that's because he's going to go yeah. home and Twitch stream. <laughs> the thing is, it's one of those revenue streams that mm. I think he's probably discovered during lockdown because. Yeah no gigs to be had but mm. it is it's just the modern way of doing things like i don't really get a great deal of watching live music mm. recorded or mm. like or in that way or like mm -hmm. i want to i want there to be like the atmosphere and stuff so yes, i want to be yeah. involved but not everyone's me and people obviously like that sort of stuff mm. um but yeah we've got we've got him kind of we've got um uh, Josh Highland, who does like beatboxing and, and stuff. Okay, so you're not just sticking to the one genre there. You're oh, sort of definitely going not. Across, no, so. because there's, there's no there's no point. Um, mm. there's, it's, it, there would be a point if we discovered, for example, if we if we do like five, and um, and Chipello Lime is absolutely packed and yeah. everything else is dead, then obviously we know you go down the kind of country... Country kind of blues, Americana, Americana stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay, so it's a big learning curve as well for you guys. Well, yeah, and it's, it's interesting that you've got to keep your eye in on stuff like that as well, isn't it? You know? Oh, definitely. Like We, we, we did a gig um, in conjunction with Voodoo Daddies mm. a, a few weeks ago, uh, a band called Lazy Habits. Mm. Yeah, we've got like a rapper and brass section, and a rapper and a brass section. Yeah, they've got no guitar. That's they've got a, they've got no guitar. Wow. Just bassist, 
drummer, brass section, rapper. Wow. They were really good. Yeah, yeah. I'd never heard of them. Ben had never heard That's of them. That's an interesting but, lineup, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> ben at Voodoo's. Everyone's called Ben, which is unfortunate. <laughs> ben. It was Ben Lever was in for a chat last yeah. night as well. It's yeah. just a week of Ben's. Yes. <laughs> so Ben at Voodoo's was really keen on getting this band. And mm. he said, well, we could do it as like a, you know, we could co-promote it. Mm. So we're like, yeah, okay, we'll go for it because you seem, you, you, you know your venue and what will do well. Mm. And it didn't do particularly well. Okay. It, they were amazing. Mm. Like, I would happily pay to see them. Yeah, yeah. Now that I know who they are. Mm. And they are, like, a relatively big band. Mm. But it was a it was a, a late addition to their tour. It was on a Wednesday. Mm. You know, and so you kind of learn, actually, maybe Wednesdays isn't a time to mm. fork out a lot uh, of money yeah, for and a, having for a no band. time to promote a gig either exactly. and stuff like that. Do you find that there's a time period that when you should start promoting a gig? Because, you, know, uh, you know, some people say you should promote a gig two weeks before. Some people say, well, everyone's already packed their diary by that time. Have you found, even in the short amount of time you've been doing it, that I, there is a I think you promote, time period you should start promoting from? My opinion, and... Who knows how many people have, have blocked us, <laughs> but I think you start promoting <laughs> as early as possible, yeah. and you keep promoting, and you ramp it up in the lead, in the same way that you would do with like an album release or something. Right, right. You kind of like Liam Gallagher has an interview and tells you there's going to be an album next year, mm. and then you get like a trickle of information. You, you get like a, a release of what the track list is, mm. but you don't know what any of the songs are. Mm. Then you get a snippet. Then you get a single. Mm. But you probably have a you probably have a three week lead up to the singles. You have a snippet right. of the single. Then you have the single. And and then in the kind of week leading up to the release of the album, it goes ballistic. So radio interview, yeah. you know, thing and all this every day. See, as musicians, we need we need to, and especially DIY on the DIY scene, we need to know this. And it's good that you know that being a if you're starting a record label as yeah. well, because then you can get behind the artist like that as well, and not be afraid to get on the socials there. Because I always worry that I'm pissing people off, which is why it's, and it's one of those things. It's, it's it's like what we were saying earlier before we started recording about people who work in sales. Mm. Mm. I think you know. Sometimes you've just got to just got to just got to push it. Just yeah. got to shut your eyes. Yeah, you, you might feel it's, it's a lot easier to do via socials than it is kind of yeah. just going up to people in the street. Luckily, we've got some people working like as volunteers mm. for us. Um, well, I guess the more you more you do of it, I mean, bods like myself who believe in what you do and yeah. want to help you as well, will like and share your gigs. Yeah, and when that starts, it's kind of not doing the work for you. But it gives more credence to it because you're not blowing your own horn all the time. Someone else is saying, Can you listen to these boys, check these guys out, see what they're doing over yeah. there, you know? Yeah. And, and luckily, we've got these volunteers as well. And we've got some volunteers like Adrian, who does the vinyl night at the Triangle. Mm. He's he's the least shy man you'll ever meet. Right. So, one of the um, charity gigs we did at Voodoo's, mm. he just started speaking to a couple of women on the train and told them about it. Yeah. And, and, and they turned <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. Do you know what? I always thought that about musicians did well. You know, I noticed when I was a kid that guys did well were hustlers. Yeah. You know, there's a guy called Harry Pitch. He played the uh, theme tune to Last of the Summer Wine, the old yeah. TV show. And when you and meet that, him... that is a tune. He was, he was uh, paid paid for his yacht and paid for his mortgage. And he goes... And he, up until he passed away the other year, he goes on holiday every year with it. We did yeah. do. Um, but he uh, he was a hustler. And I got introduced to him. And he was looking over my shoulder to see if there was someone more important that he should talk to. And then that was... 
how boys like that do it with yeah. the with the hustle. I've unfortunately, fortunately, for whatever, never been made of that kind of stuff. I guess I, in a way, I never really believed in what I was doing enough. Unfortunately, you know, with my mm. own issues as far as that goes. But um, I guess sometimes it's it's easier to promote someone else as well, isn't it? So I guess as a promotion company, you're not promoting your company, are you? No. You're promoting that act. Yeah. You're saying, listen to this band; they're brilliant. And our and our our aim is to never book anyone crap <laughs> so we can always believe in yeah, what, what yeah. they're doing like you know so you're selective about your you have yeah, we, so we, bands may get in touch after listening to this podcast but they might not get a reply <laughs> they might not and and, and that is especially well they probably would get a reply I'll but definitely it's, get a it's reply. especially it's especially true of the kind of record label <coughs> stuff because there's mm. a lot of financial investment involved in doing that yeah and time investment and, isn't isn't time the most expensive commodity that you guys have though more than anything else Oh, I don't know. I've got loads of time. <laughs> I don't, it's money I, don't, I haven't got. You exchange I don't it really, for some money. <laughs> I don't really do a great deal. It's just it's strange. Like, I used to be someone who did a lot of things, and now yeah. I kind of find myself sort of thinking, when's, when's Ben going to send me a message and say he needs another poster doing? Um, but um, You can always learn an instrument yourself, couldn't you? Do you play any instruments? No. I've been, go, I've, I have been in a band, but we don't need to talk about that. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was that was awful. But but a laugh, you know, being in a it's band fu- is a it's laugh. It's funny how many people, especially, you know, working in factories the way I've done my entire life, and I guess that's where the phrase don't give up your day job came from for, mm. for me. Those who listen to this will know this boring our story. But, you know, guys who have been able to say, oh, you're in a band, are you? Oh, yeah, I used to be in a band in college or like in school mm. yeah I played bass yeah you know yeah no and you'll say do you play anything no I don't anymore no you know. it seems strange sort of leave it there it's, it's, it's like I'm no I'm no good at um, sticking to things that I'm not instantly okay at right okay so playing a guitar <laughs> instantly okay yeah. not instantly brilliant oh no instantly no okay. but I just need to be able to be like oh I can I can I can hammer out Wonderwall yeah I can and therefore I can kind of always just go back to doing that yeah whereas um when it's just like actually i've got absolutely no rhythm mm. um because things like i'm into all kinds of music and but that's lot- something you can yeah. develop surely i oh, don't the believe, thing is you know that i probably always have natural li- rhythm i think is something i developed and those in bands with me probably say i still haven't <laughs> <laughs> but i blag it <laughs> yeah I don't, like i don't know i just know that that was that's it's one of those things. Like when I was mm. a kid, uh, or a kind of teenager or whatever, it would it, for me it would have been like I would either be if I could choose, I'd be either a musician, mm. a footballer, or a wrestler. Right. <laughs> and the oh, uh, and I've I've tried. Yeah. I'm just no good at any of them. <laughs> Well, you are, do seem to be good at the promotional stuff, and I'm and I'm loving what you do, uh, Ben. Um, mate, we've, we've sort of got to the top of the hour there, but thank you so much for coming over and sharing everything with Culture Vulture. So um, I can put some links in the yeah. description as to where you know people can see what it is you're do, doing. But basically, it's Culture Vulture Promotions. We can follow that on Instagram. It's uh, Culture Vulture Live on Instagram and right. Culture Vulture Promotions on facebook mm-hmm. i think we do have a twitter and a tiktok and all that stuff as well uh-huh. but but i think they've been neglected somewhat but sure. so, but so instagram you, and instagram's probably the main as one. as it progresses i dare say that more of those things will get more attention as you get more staff and more time and yes. give up the day job and uh, do all that business but ben in the meantime thank you so much for coming over mate it's been an absolute uh, eye opener and we love the insight and uh, we'll see you at one of your gigs real soon lovely thank you mate thank you for having me